0: Achievers, it's me, your host and friend, Billy Power. Welcome to episode 38 of the Urban Achiever Show. I don't know about you, but the days have been blurring together worse than ever lately. Uh, weeks go by and I hardly notice. It's good to be busy, I guess, but there's definitely a downside. Tonight, I'm headed into the city to see the band Emery at Webster Hall and catch up with Matt and Toby. So that should be fun. My guest this week is the former vocalist of Southern California hardcore band, Point of Recognition, Aaron Irizarry. Uh These days, Aaron is a husband, father, product designer, and author. He recently swapped coasts from California to New Jersey, but there's a lot more to Aaron's story, so let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you, Mr. Aaron Irazari. <laughs> Aaron. How's it going? (laughs) We made it. We're here. I have to believe that you are for sure the only guy that works on NASDAQ who has knuckle and hand tattoos and he, neck tattoos.
1: Uh, yeah, that's probably you. You are that's 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 a true statement. Um, <laughs> you would you would uh, it is kind of funny. Uh, my first, you know, especially when I started working. there, I started working remote, so I was working from home in California. Yeah, no, way and, had and any I would idea. come into the office maybe a, a few times a year, but those few times, people were like. Double taken and like who's who's, who's this th- cat? Is he coming
0: to fix the ventilation system? <laughs> yeah, or <what? laughs>
1: right? Who, who let the construction worker on the finance floor? <laughs> or they start just you know gr- grasp their watches and their getting wallets nervous. A little tighter. Yeah, 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 like uh oh, it's a but, shakedown. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it is kind of funny. It's it, what's really funny now is working on the design team there. They uh, the you know we're getting throughout the company. We're you know we're doing some pretty awesome. We're doing some. We have a great team. We're, cranking out some cool work and so starting to get a little more you know notice from the the people in the company and they're like oh we always know where the the designers are because They're the guys in the corner that have all the tattoos, and and there's like one other guy with a tattoo, with a few
0: tattoos. a tattoo. But I I guess I have
1: enough for the rest of the team, apparently, because then they're like, oh yeah, they're like the kind of weird tattooed looking guys with glasses in there. (laughs) It's great. We're shaking them up. That's good,
0: yeah. I feel like uh, you're like a beacon of hope for all these ex-hardcore kids who are like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life now that I'm uh, covered, see?
1: never fails. I get asked how I got into design. I was like, well, I was in this band, and we were like... I had a computer and we need some flyers yeah and then like some shirts and stuff and then I did A&R at the label we were on uh Rescue Records at the time and they needed to like here design this page for like the bands that you're signing and stuff and I was like I don't know how to do that stuff I, I can make a flyer <laughs> and they're like well here's the software and back then it was like you know Macromedia Dreamweaver and sure. like or page layout Corel or, something like. or something. It was all these old programs. And like, well, here's the <laughs> the graphics guy. Why don't you uh, don't waste his time? You know, because he has other <laughs> projects. But but hit him up and ask for some advice or whatever. So I just started like learning HTML and Dang. designing stuff that like I could not imagine ever letting anyone know that I designed. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but, crazy. Uh, so I said, like, so yeah, how'd you get down? Like, hey, I was in a metal band. <laughs> yeah, and they're, and they're like, huh? They're like, did you go to school? I'm like. Not really. Mm, No. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I just made some shirts and got into design, and I I went to school kind of after the fact just because everyone said I had to, which I ended up not going to school anymore because... Everything I was learning from the design community and where it was, like, the school was three years behind. So I was like, either I'm going to be, like, the smartass in class every single day talking about why that's not how we do things now, (laughs) or I'm just wasting my money here. So I just like, yeah, never mind.
0: That was the same for me for uh, music business. I went to, like, the Art Institute of Seattle for... Music business, and and then I went in the studio with my band for one weekend. I learned more in that weekend than I did the yeah. entire semester in audio engineering. I was like, I don't, I don't think I need to be paying for
1: this. <laughs> I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh for design. Did you? So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a good endorsement. I guess they're not going to sponsor the show today. The yeah, Art well, institutes. yeah. yeah you know,
1: maybe they've gotten better since. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like I
0: got D's and F's, and then I managed a record company for ten years. You, you like quit, and like, you're working at NASDAQ yeah. in New yep. York City. So.
1: Yeah, stay in school,
0: kids. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: School is. Hey, I, I, we have some <laughs> of the. You know, we have some brilliant designers on our team who've like gosh they're in their 20s maybe 30s and they have like a couple masters degrees and like they're brilliant I mean I'm sure they're, they're that smart that they could do great work with or without the school but yeah, you know it's, school's good for some people they dig it it was just my situation I was getting older I was just in a band like mm-hmm. you know I don't know a ton of kids who go to school and do super super good in school and decide to be in a metal band right usually those their things are opposed mm-hmm. you know that's I mean? right so you're, you're into like thrash metal and punk rock and hardcore you're, you're kind of more into that than school that's right or at least when I was a kid sure and so uh, not a real hobby
0: will place school
1: when you're into that yeah stuff. yeah that's for sure
0: so um, you just switched coasts recently yeah M- moved from California to New Jersey and working in New York um, you grew up in San Diego
1: yeah just I grew up well I was born uh, and raised pretty much till I was like 10 or 11 in uh, the LA area and okay. then um, we're in Los Angeles Uh, either just bounced around through the like I was like born in like Downey and then we kind of just moved around a lot and then kind of right on the edges of like Orange County there Mm -hmm. Um, and so we uh in, like, the 80s, mid-80s, we moved out just about 30, 45 minutes north of uh, San Diego in, like, uh, the Temecula and Marietta area, which no one really knows what that is. They always ask me what a Temecula is. <laughs> and so I just say it's, like, Southern <laughs> California wine country. And then they're instantly interested in how to get there. Right. Um, but uh, Just wait until you see, like, 100 houses that look identical
0: on Rolling Hills, and you'll know you're there. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: <laughs> track home. Like, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, like, this program. Like, I don't even know how civil engineers make money out there. Right. Because it's, like... This four off-ramps worth of track homes. Yep. Another off-ramp that has a Lowe's, a Target, and a Burger King. Sure. Yep. And then maybe a Chili's. And then right. more houses. And it does this for miles Daphne's and miles. Daphne's Greek, and then, yeah. maybe,
0: or something <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, if, you know, but this town's doing it different. They have Daphne's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. They're really mixing it up in the old strip mall over there. Yeah, yeah. Got so, the Target, the Old Navy, the Bed Bath and & Beyond, and a... Ooh, yeah. a Daphne's. Yeah.
1: Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cookie-cutter there, which was great for us when we moved out here, because I was like none of our houses look the same you can tell it's like oh yeah that's a Victorian or whatever but even those houses don't look the same Mm -hmm. so it was really cool Um, it was kind of funny though because like when my wife was looking at the house I'm like that house looks haunted. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "It's because it's not it doesn't look <laughs> like you know, it's like made of stucco and like <laughs> Spanish
0: style mission, yeah, uh, whatever." Yeah, yeah
1: it did not have the south. So well, you're probably, probably old
0: enough to remember then. Like when I I grew up in South Bay, so like mm. Hermosa, Redondo, Torrance, yeah. and and then um, my grandparents and aunt and uncle had moved to San Diego, and we used to drive down there. But this is before they built all that stuff. When there was just that one halfway, you would stop. There was like some coffee shop or something, uh-huh. and they had pot that's all I remember I don't even remember what town it was but there's literally like a halfway point between LA and San Diego where there was nothing there was maybe San Onofre or whatever it is and the the domes and the Mm -hmm. all that stuff and then there was nothing else and then all of a sudden stuff just started popping up all over the place yeah the the highlight
1: of my uh I think it was sixth grade year was skateboarding out in front of the newly built little Caesars. Oh, nice. And we'd all raid our parents, My dad, <laughs> we'd all raid like our, our my dad, like our dad's like change that he left on his dresser or whatever. so we can get breadsticks <laughs> <laughs> and we'd skate all day and then eat breadsticks. That was, yeah. that was living. <laughs> That's nice.
0: So you were like, uh, like, uh, as a kid, like, were you into sports or music or like what? Yeah. Yeah. It
1: like? was interesting is like I had, a I have a pretty diverse family. So, um, Half of my family's from from Cuba, mm-hmm. and so when I would go visit that side of my family, we'd only listen to metal. Mm. So we, and at that point in time, Hair you know, metal. It was just like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Dio. But we also listened to some of the more thrashy stuff. And you know, we would you know. But then being Cuban, like mm-hmm. you have to like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it's and like my a dad actually came over from Cuba and played a little bit in the minor leagues, really? um, and then just kind of it fell through, but. Hmm. Uh, So that just, you know, the family was very into, you know, watching baseball. So I grew up a big baseball fan. And then... Uh, when I was a kid not out skateboarding and doing stuff my dad was a real big Lakers fan and so my stepdad was a real big Lakers fan so I would hang with him Mm -hmm. and watch Laker games in like when basketball was awesome yeah, like Larry Bird Magic Johnson like every dude on the Celtics looks like he was from a monster movie and (laughs) at least that's how we viewed it in California anyways I'm sure the opinions differ out here Um, you know those gnarly short shorts and big clunky knee pads and like high top (laughs) Converse and like it was just a blast so I've always kind of just stuck with enjoying some sports but music for me has always been a big deal the first time as a kid ever got an allowance i saved up you know my money and i bought van halen 1984 on cassette nice and um and that was my first thing that i bought for myself we had a record player in the house so my dad would buy me vinyl and like Mm -hmm. one one of the first ones i got was alice cooper million dollar baby which is like my jam and then uh once i started buying stuff on my own you know i got that and then started getting into you know it just kind of depended who I was with, you know, whatever side of the family I was with. Because I'd go hang out with the parts of the family, I'd get different influences. I'd listen to a lot of metal. Mm-hmm. You know, the my mom and my stepdad and that side listened would listen to a little more classic rock, which was fun. I, enjoy, I still enjoy classic rock. Sure. And then, you know, the kids were always be listening to whatever was popular at the time. So, Oddly, in the course of a day, I could be listening to Beastie Boys, Duran Duran, or Van Halen. You never know. It just depends on who was hanging out. I just loved music, and I loved just hearing yeah. how bands came together to create something. So right. I think that was kind of my my gateway into wanting to do music. That's cool. Now, uh, were, did you play any instruments ever, or not really? Um, after, uh, when we did our band Point of Recognition, I sang in that band, right. and after a while, they got kind of sick of me doing mouth instruments like no it should go like or the drums should be like like no mouth guitar dude come on (laughs) and so like you know try to show me you know try to show me and so over time I picked up uh, enough to do a few things like I can play some power chords. Right. I can play some bass, and then drums are what always interested me the most. I just liked the technical aspect of yeah. drums um, until it came to breaking them up and setting them down. Then, so, then it seemed out. like a horrible idea. And then I was like, "Why? <laughs> can I have a personal road?" Don't you or guys have a guy this? that does this? Yeah. that can do this for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's funny. I've I've definitely I've definitely missed doing music. Uh, well, I will be doing music again eventually because I just I can't not do it. Kind yeah. of thing. It's weird. You
0: you never get it out of your blood, I don't think. Uh, Not at all. I think I'm totally incapable of still making music, but then I still want to do it anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny to think of the music I'd want to make now in comparison to what I used to want to make. And I don't know, it would just be... If, it would be most likely to be whatever I was music I was jamming most at that time. Yeah, it whether it was probable or not. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: I keep I keep just going. I don't know. It's like I've definitely expanded and listened to music of all different stripes. I just keep kind of going back to punk. I don't know what yeah. it is. I just can't get it out of there.
1: Right before we moved, I was talking to a buddy down in San Diego. San Diego, and we were going to do more of a Circle Jerks kind of yeah feel of a band. And uh, he had already recorded a lot of tracks, and I was just going to go do vocals, and then being both of us just working families we just never got to it and then I moved and I was like oh Nice. Maybe I'll get them to send the tracks out here. <laughs> still <laughs> that, scheming. That's like a seminal uh, show from my youth was seeing
0: uh, the Circle Jerks at the Jackie Robinson YMCA nice. in San Diego. That's awesome. It's like a Tim Mays presents like show. It was supposed to be the Toy Dolls, but they broke down or something, and they never made it. Yeah. I actually got a Toy Dolls shirt because they sent their merch guy. Smartly sent their merch yeah. guy. Got to pay for the uh, band. To yeah, book yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I can. Uh, and then I saw them like 20 years later or something oh, like wow. in Nashville, like almost to the day. And I oh, just wow. thought, there they are. Still out there. Doing Still doing it. it.
1: <laughs> at worst, I'm, I get really nervous about seeing bands uh, later, like if they do their reunion right. tour thing. Yeah, it's a dicey proposition. Yeah, like sure. one of my favorite bands of all time is Cro-Mags. And um, if they're listening, I absolutely love you guys. But when I saw you <laughs> at the, don't at the, the Glass House in Pomona in Southern California, um, their lineup was a lot different, too. They had gone through some changes. Right. There was falling outs in the band. And it just wasn't the same vibe that I was used to yeah. from the original. I feel like
0: right now, like current era, they're pretty good. Yes. I haven't seen video footage and stuff. Absolutely, and, and yeah. I haven't, yeah. I wanted to go see them out on Long Island, and I didn't. My buddy and I were going to go, but we didn't yeah. get to go. But I want to go see them, because John Joseph's like an animal.
1: He's amazing. Yeah. Dude's like one of my heroes. I thought
0: so. they are doing triathlons and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Right? I
1: know. Yeah, that's crazy. He's,
0: yeah, it's crazy. He did that one in Colorado where it was like, I could barely breathe, and then somebody kicked me in the face, but I finished.
1: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. So, like none (laughs) That sounds like appealing to me. He's like
0: (laughs) older than me. I'm like, Okay, all right. Just out there killing it. That's cool. Yeah. I was thinking about HR or uh uh Dr. No from Bad Brains this week and I'm like nervously uh trolling my feeds on the various social media trying to get a get an update glimpse of what happened there. Still got my I'm wearing my vans every day this week, my Bad Brains vans.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So anyway so then you mentioned rescue records i didn't know that like was point of recognition originally on rescue yeah or? we did our
1: first record with them huh um and we were just like stoked to have like to get a record we didn't have a ton of a ton of loot you know it's not not getting a ton of huge shows out there in temecula we had amazing shows at the showcase theater in corona sure one of my favorite places that was the place yeah. ever man that that stage was amazing but you know we we were just really stoked that someone was even interested in getting a record, mm-hmm. and of course you know they have the whole th- the, the whole pitch there as you know well you know the owner is the drummer of Pod's dad right so then yeah. they're like oh dude and then maybe that'll <laughs> really hook us is that up Noah Senior yeah Noah Senior yeah, yeah. yeah. um th- well you know I'm I'm getting older and grumpier so I th- I mean I-, I like to hope they were well intended but. <laughs> they're were- I don't know I don't know your cynicism is showing bro <laughs> I, I, well, this is a podcast they can't see it. <laughs> um, it, it needless to say I don't know many a band that walked away from there uh, very satisfied yeah. so uh, but I, I'm grateful for the experience it taught me a lot about music business as a band yeah. what to do what not to do it got us a record out which helped us a ton so
0: yeah. and how after... did you get involved in even playing in Point of Recognition like in Temecula California I
1: was uh, I was going I had just met a group of guys someone went to that uh, Cal Chapel Bible College out there I was Uh working there okay and uh what were
0: you doing there security really I have no (laughs) you weren't teaching like uh no 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 teaching hermeneutics (laughs) or something no 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 I I was
1: I was probably the security slash token tattooed guy to show that they were open minded right Um, so I had a dual worked two jobs token security guy nice Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I met some great people there and had some good experiences but uh um yeah I met some other dudes there and we were all into hardcore and metal and a lot Mm -hmm. of the same bands and um, we're just like yo. While we're here, let's just start a band.
0: So I'm missing something here though, because you said earlier that you, the first thing you bought with your allowance is Van Halen 1984. So how take me briefly through like the close notes of how you like how did you get involved in that punk and hardcore scene? Like in that music, like did someone invite you to a show? Did you buy, uh, do you like, know what a-
1: it was really through uh, one of the things that solidified it for me was skateboarding. Like I skateboarded uh, as I you know got to be about you know, eight, nine, ten, I skateboarded every single day. And obviously we listen to music all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we were listening to things like stormtroopers of death and yeah, <laughs> good positive. <band>. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, Hendrix and, and, is dead or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, and like suicidal tendencies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we're listening to a lot of that kind of more thrashy stuff. Yeah.
0: And, uh, of conformity, DRI. Yeah. Kind of D-
1: DRI is still to this day, one of my favorite bands to listen to when I want to listen to something kind of fashion jamming. And yeah, sure. so that kind of got into that. And then I've always just listened to heavy stuff. Um, I went through a long phase where I just listened to, like, Pantera every single day. Cause <laughs> day it was just every little, day. Because it was just, like, so pissed and yeah. kind of chuggy. and um, It's
0: never a bad day to play the walk and get your day going. Right? Exactly. Like,
1: especially <laughs> Volga Display Powers Power is, like, such a great... I mean, they have a lot of great records, but that one was, was good. And then, right, it seemed to, you know, as it got a little bit further down and started getting more towards... You know, I got out of high school and it started getting... You know, in the early to mid 90s and started, you know, just hanging out with different people, whether it's skateboarding and doing other things like started hearing about bands like Earth Crisis and Strife and these mm-hmm. other. And that kind of reignited the more underground, like heavier stuff and faster stuff I wanted to listen to. And, right. And it's kind of and it just I've always kind of was in it, but I never thought that I really wanted to like jam in a band or anything until I met some guys and we started talking about it. And it seemed like something that could really happen. They could actually do. And yeah. then we just did it. <laughs> it was so it was so random and almost sudden yeah. that we like started a band and then just started playing shows yeah and it's
0: it's weird because you and i are so i didn't even realize this i mean i knew you were older but yeah. i didn't know we were kind of from the same generation yeah. um, but your band was kind of like toward the tail end of my time at teeth and nail yep. and all kind of I stuff. That, so yeah. i kind of missed you guys i think yeah. like
1: yeah. for whatever reason. And yeah, we, after after we did the one record with uh Rescue Records, we went over to Face Down Records mm-hmm. with Jason Dunn and uh you know, did our remaining records with them, which was which was fun. And we and it was interesting we
0: He's a good dude. Uh, he's such a one great of dude. the best.
1: He's one of the best. He's still one of my favorite people. Legit um, guy. And he was always just good and honest and treated his bands right. And, come
0: on the show, Jason. Yeah. Get Jason, with it.
1: Yeah, come on the show, <laughs> man. He's I think he's on his way back from <laughs> Africa right now. Oh, that's awesome. So, he, yeah, he's uh yeah, I bet he has some great I, now stories. Now I
0: really want to talk to him about that because I went in uh, like uh, 2010. I went to Kenya. So yeah,
1: yeah, that. I'm sure he'll have some cool stories about that.
0: Enough about him, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, him and Quiggle. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, D- Dave Quiggle uh, used to, gosh, used to live ten minutes from me before we moved. Yeah, he's he's a good dude as well. Um, yeah, so then we kind of played, we did some, a lot of like the typical, like, oh, this is like the Christian hardcore show thing, we go and do these and those, but we actually really started just playing Anywhere With Anyone and started playing more with bands like Bleeding Through and Hatebreed and right. kind of went that route and just like, this is where we feel like. That makes
0: me think of something, not that I was trolling your uh, Instagram feed or anything, but I did see a, a uh, lots of pictures of booze and meat and then I saw a True Till Death uh, tattoo in there, so I was yeah. going to ask you about
1: that. I'm a True Till Death tattoo? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, it has nothing to do with like straight edge or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've never been straight edge. Nice, and I, and I and a lot of people more than likely are straight edge till they're 21 or till they go off to college. Sounds right. <laughs> um, but and I have so I have tons of friends. All like my my friends from Redlands back in California. They're all still awesome rad straight edge Hardcore guys. Yeah, and they're rad dudes too. They do they do a lot of cool stuff and help a lot of people. So yeah, and I do, just because I was a straight edge doesn't mean it's like a non legit thing. I just. It just wasn't. Was, <laughs> wasn't. That a,
0: was that a faith thing for you, or what was it? Yeah, was it was it? just
1: well for me, like part of it was about uh just my personal faith, and the and the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I the gap from being a kid and then ending up where I, I ended up in doing music and stuff, there were some pretty dark times in there where mm-hmm. I you know basically just spent a good portion of my life like manufacturing and selling drugs. Wow, and it just kind of went. It was after high. It was not too long after high school. I just kind of went off the deep end, and uh, and then it took me having to like go do time. You know, oh, really, yeah. To like, uh, wow, not be an idiot anymore. You know, like that's intense to the point of like, I. <laughs> you got arrested? Yeah, I got my house like got raided, like you see on TV. Really? You know what I mean, it's like it's with the, the
0: full on like the guys throwing the the oh, grenade and all that in d- there. Well, and no,
1: that. they just like come and get you. <laughs>
0: Knock ram the door down Yeah, whatever. when
1: you're in an apartment they don't have to throw flashbangs or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're
0: only in one of two rooms.
1: <laughs> wow, and you're probably this is passed crazy. out. Yeah. And so it really was a I grew up with parents who were like very, very you know, they're awesome uh and have been super supportful and they're very, very, you know, they were always pretty much well not always, they wouldn't say always, but for the better part of my growing up were, we're solid, you know, just went to church all the time, mm-hmm. really dedicated to their faith and, and their kind of their community there. And they'd always, you know, I kind of just went along with it and felt it, and then I it's, like most kids do. Yeah, I, just because I thought, okay, this is what we do, you know, and I never. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I ever personalized it, right? I never right. said, this is for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, this is what our family does, but I still go do what I want when I go out with my friends or whatever.
0: Were right? they like, what franchise? It was like Catholic? It, or... was a, it was like,
1: they would go to um, just like Calvary Chapel, you know yeah, what I mean? Okay. Like the, the generic Southern California. Yeah, that's big Non-denominational right? denomination. Sure. and, and it... <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: why I use the word franchise. It's yes. probably, it was so appropriate in this particular yeah, case. Yeah, and yeah, and
1: so it was for me. And then, you know, I got... Uh, I went to jail a couple times, and then the last time I ended up having to do a, like a year. You know, wow! Was in a, and which isn't very long because I people go to jail for. It really, seems really long to and, me. It's long. <laughs> no, it's, no, trust me. When you guys, when you live <laughs> a in a year seems When you funny. live in a an eight by eight cell for three hundred sixty five days, it's Damn. long. How old were you when this happened? Uh, I was nineteen. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I by the time I was nineteen, I had been to jail a couple times. Um, and in trouble with the law a bunch
0: and all just for drug stuff or Yeah, other well, the first that?
1: time I went, I went for like violent crimes cuz I was just being stupid and I assaulted a dude and like you want to, I mean, yeah, anyone, let's do I, it. I'll, I'll give you like a crazy I mean, if clip. you're open to like yeah, saying it, I'm, do I'm down. This as is as long as for. the people at NASDAQ don't hear this, then fire me. Yeah. Um, they had to do background checks. I don't
0: think anyone's going to listen to this from there. <laughs> I'm being honest. You never know, man. Some suits over there, like this is my guilty pleasure. Some kid <laughs> is like, I love goatee hook. <laughs> I don't think that guy oh is God. over there, but maybe he is.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what, yeah. So, uh, yeah. crazy story is that when, what really changed things for me is like, definitely, you know, I did the thing that everybody does. Okay. You know, God, if you're real, like get me out of this stuff, you know, because I'm I'm in jail and this sucks, you know. Yeah. I guess you got to get me out of here. And uh, over time, I just my mom would send me books and stuff to read, and I just started reading for myself and was realizing that,
0: like, what books? Do you remember any?
1: Um, she sent me like a lot of old dead guys, like uh, A.W. Tozer and like mm-hmm. you know Spurgeon, and I was like. Jeez, this is like school. Yeah. Do you have anything to just talk about like how cool people were? Something a little lighter. <laughs> but when you, you don't got, you got a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. So I read through a ton of stuff and uh, huh. it was interesting because I think early on, I thought I had to be what they were mm-hmm. like very rigid, don't do anything don't drink don't, don't smoke don't, don't dance yeah don't, don't go drink girls smoke or, do. or chew or date the girls who do <laughs> right, you know right exactly and um which for some people totally right uh and i think
0: it's not bad to have a framework i mean yeah it works yeah. for some people yeah
1: and you know what's interesting i just didn't know you know i i, I didn't i started making it my own mm-hmm. but i was making theirs my own if that makes sense totally and uh it wasn't really till i started doing like the band and you know I had gotten married um that i really kind of started thinking like for myself like mm-hmm.
0: This is after you got out of jail, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I got out of jail in, in the mid-90s, and then kind of that's when I was started working over there at the Bible College, and you know, mm-hmm. that's what most people do when they get out of jail is they go work it out. Now, now,
0: when you got out, were you on parole after that, or were you yeah. just, your yeah, whole yeah. sentence to, was I, like a year? No, no. no I had it?
1: to do, uh, I was supposed to have like 10 years oh, probation, man. felony probation, and uh, after like, I don't know, six months, I was just like, yeah, dude, you're good. We're just going to bank your case, close it. Damn which was crazy because i was that like is crazy. you know i have i had assault with a deadly weapon and attempted robbery charges from 2 years prior then i had manufacturing uh and uh intent to distribute and possession of methamphetamine it's like i should have been on forage for a really long yeah, time but yeah. they saw i got out i went and like got a job and i was going to this
0: to become this, a productive citizen yeah
1: i was like i wouldn't mess this stuff up anymore they're like it's, your case is banked it doesn't mean it's like gone away so like (laughs) you screw up we're gonna pull that case right back over file somewhere yeah yeah. Yeah. and and i had known at that point i knew i knew right then and there i was i was done being a knucklehead because Mm -hmm. it was just i was getting to the point where i was going to either be dead or in jail and for me fortunately it was jail yeah and then that was a nice you know slap upside the head that um were you like
0: in a county like prison or where were you yeah i did i
1: did uh they gave they gave me the choice of taking three years in the state or a year in the county. And I purposely chose the county because if you do, once you, in the California, um, once you go to the state, you get a state number. Mm. So anything you do, you fart in a convenience store and you go back to state. Like uh, you, you don't, uh, there's a, where's where the county? It's just not a big well, deal. Well, in
0: state's heavier, right? Yeah. And as far as like who's locked up there and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. Right?
1: It's. I mean, the, some of the county places I bet were, were not very friendly either. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but also when you have your, um, Another reason is because they gave me two strikes for the felonies. Mm. So California, that's the time when they had that whole three strikes, oh, you know, and you get 25 to life thing. And so I knew, okay, your last one only has to be a, a felony. It can be any felony. Like, mm. I met people in jail who were going to court because they stole a beer from a Circle K convenience store. And because it was a felony, they, like, they were going to possibly get 25 to, to life uh, out of this. It's a crazy system that messed up California in multiple ways. Yeah. But, um, it, uh. That's why I didn't want to get the state number and go to the state because then if you violate or do anything, it's a felony violation of parole. So that uh, could be your third strike if they didn't earn a bad mood that day, you know, so. Good night. Yeah, it was, you know, it was it was, it was was enough to really kind of rattle my cage a bit and think about what I was doing and what type of person I was too, yeah. you know. I just didn't want to be a person that caused too much pain and damage anymore. And that was kind of, yeah. you know, if you watch shows like Breaking Bad, like. It's incredibly accurate. Yeah. Like I watched that and I was like, oh my gosh. They must have sat down a bunch of dudes like me in a room and asked a bunch <laughs> of And it, uh, the irony of breaking bad that was actually supposed to take place in the inland empire, like where I lived when they were wow. filming it there before they chose to move the original veg. location. And, yeah, yeah, because that Southern California was really a hot bed for like a lot of drug manufacturing, mm-hmm. especially methamphetamine back then. But sure. yeah, so that was like
0: now, how do you feel like you got involved in that? Was it like uh, like association with the yeah. wrong people? Yeah, or? it was
1: part of the association with the wrong people. And like any young teenager that was kind of impressionable, um, you know, I started sneaking behind my parents and smoking and drinking when I was like 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. So as my daughter sits in the other room, I shiver as I say this, right? Yeah. She's just turned 14. It's better yeah. not to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, yeah, so that... Um, it was partially that, and I just kind of had a little bit of a rebellious streak. Um, I could say some of the typical things like coming from a mixed family and, you know, my, my real dad never really being there. And, you know, he was heavily into drugs, and I would, mm-hmm. was around drugs as a kid growing up when I would visit him right. all the time. You know, so I, that kind of normalized it of the, a little bit know, Yeah, I Yeah, well, I smoked weed with him when I was 14 and 15 mm-hmm. years old, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like um, I was accepted again. And so I think there was, there was that level of the acceptance of doing something cool and different. Mm-hmm. And I think my attitude has always been not very mainstream. Yeah. And I think there's parts of that, that have really benefited me of of going against the grain at the right time. But also when a, when you're a young and impressionable kid, going against the grain if you get around the wrong people wrong type of people who are going against the grain in a different way like yeah. while all the other kids are doing good they're out back smoking dope like mm-hmm. you can become very impressionable and really just do it not even because you want to but because you feel like you're doing something different you feel powerful like you're resisting and sure. all these kids who are the bad kids and they're kind of like stick together because no one really likes them because of the bad kids yeah definitely they become like this little family to you and what you realize is that they're only your family as long as you have something they want. Totally. the Majority of the
0: time, as long as you're useful to them, yeah, in some and capacity, it's capacity, yeah,
1: and that's the type of person I became too, which is mm-hmm. which is not good. And so, um, when all that happened, I thought, okay, cool, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do what my parents do, I'm gonna believe in God, and I'm gonna do that thing. And um, I definitely still have my faith, and I you know I say some snarky things about churches or whatever. You know, I've dude just, I've, I dude doesn't. Well, I've just grown Got a pulse, and I've realized that, yeah. Well, I. <laughs> If your I, eyes
0: work and are open. Yeah, it's hard not to.
1: Yeah, and I, but I've just realized over time that you know I can still have my own faith and believe what I'm believing, let allow it to shape the person I am, mm-hmm. without having to vote away people's rights, without having to be a conservative, right wing, yeah. gun toting hunter. Which sure, some people love doing that stuff, and that's totally their jam, and that's awesome. Sure, um, it's good, it's their jam because it's just. It's not unfortunate
0: I, though that that I was even thinking about that today, and I don't know why, but it was like I feel like I have to explain. I'm this, but not this, this, like a oh, whole list of, dude. you have to immediately explain away that I'm not this thing yep. that you have in your head. That's, this is what's associated with all that. Cause the loudest yeah. voices are those people. Yeah. That's it. It's kind of one of the main reasons I do this podcast. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. We're trying to, we're trying to say, Hey, Hey, look at me over here. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm crazy, but not that kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh,
1: I'm absolutely nuts. I'm just not nuts in a way that hurts people. Yeah. At least not anymore, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I mean that that's really changed how I raise my kids and my family. And I, I love my parents to death. They were they've been never been never nothing other than supportive and 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 have helped me a ton. I mean, they stuck by me through all that crap that yeah. I put them through, right? Right. Sending and books so, to you and so they, you know, we stuff. you know, as with anybody, we we approach our faith a little differently. I'm much more of a a social gospel go be with uh you just be cool, man. I mean, yeah. that's like one of my most don't simple be a dick. rules. Yeah. yeah. Ask <laughs> if you if you ask my older daughter what the two rules I've instilled in her from the time I can remember is number one, the internet is forever. Right. <laughs> number two, yeah, just one. be cool. Like if if you have any inkling that anything you're doing is going to hurt somebody, mm-hmm. then just don't do it. Yeah, it's not worth it, right? That's right. And, and so it's like just treat people with respect, and you know, it'll come back around, even if people are dicks back. You know, like totally their time will come.
0: Yeah, I kind of I both of those for sure and I'd add a third that I kind of weigh into and that's the idea of kind of be known for what you're for and not what you're against. I yes, went through a, a, a like a political period in my life where I was very outspoken about mm-hmm. the system and the man and these people fix that and this and the other mm-hmm. thing when I was still young and idealistic. And um I think it's important in the culture these days it just seems like everybody's so reactionary and everything's yeah. an immediate like that sucks or this is stupid yeah. or that's whatever. It's like okay, that's cool. I'm kind of in the same way with the whole church thing. Like, yeah. um, it's just like I get it. It sucks, but what's your alternative? What's the what? Yeah. What, what, what are you? What are we going to replace that with? Because yeah. we're all in the same boat, thinking that this stuff sucks. But yeah. we gotta. <laughs> yeah. we're just leaving a vacuum then and saying, well, well, just yeah. shrug and say, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's I, I've, I've, I've found myself saying that more times than not. That yeah. Man, if you want to spend your time educating everybody about all the stuff you don't like and that is wrong, totally cool. I'm going to put the light on the thing, you know, shine light on the stuff that I think is cool. It's like an
0: old school fanzine mentality. Yeah. I I'd talk about the stuff I like. Yeah. And then uh, we omit the things that we don't care about. Yeah, exactly. Totally, man. That's... <laughs> we, we say thumbs down by not talking about whatever yeah, this why, crap is. Or if whatever. I don't
1: like it, why am I give a time to it? You know?
0: <laughs> so I'm curious. I want to go back to that point of my thing about your true till death tattoo. Yeah. So then did you get that after you yeah. were in prison?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I didn't get a single tattoo uh, in any of that negative time in my life. Okay. which I'm so thankful for because God knows the stupid crap I would have right. got. Right, yeah. You know, just think pot about the— Pot leaf or something. Yeah, you know, like, like a Looney Tunes, like a Tweety Bird and Yosemite Sam yeah. with a pot leaf getting circled around with a Tasmanian devil. And I would, I would, that would, I would like, be regretting that for the rest of my life. You know? Sure,
0: yeah. Crazy. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to that time period then you kind of
1: got out of out of jail and then like were you working or like yeah I just kind of well, it was really kind of funny because I came home and I didn't know what to do with myself because mm-hmm. I was forced to sit in a small room for a year you sure. know and go out into a slightly larger room yeah, you know and uh, so I didn't do a lot at first were you on your own like no, in your own no place I had my or? parents I, when I came home I stayed at my parents for a bit so I could uh, get out and get on my feet and uh, it would be kind of funny because they'd lean in I'd just be sitting in my room like doing whatever and I'd be like you can come watch TV if you want. I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I'd go do it, but I was so used to <laughs> doing whatever I had to do when I was told right. that I didn't,
0: you know. Without somebody saying it or bringing it up. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. that sounds cool. Let's yeah. do that. Someone yeah.
1: didn't ring a bell and then open my door. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, so it took, a like, a period of adjustment after yeah, that. Yeah, so kind
1: of- then I just started trying to find, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anybody anymore. I didn't have, I didn't have a, I seriously came home and, and it had to start completely over. Mm-hmm. I hardly had a friend, you know what I mean? Wow. That I could go hang out with because the majority of them either if there were some that were just kind of middle of the road and weren't real nut jobs like I was mm-hmm. they kind of just they saw oh he's going to go find this religion and go be his own we don't want to be around it no more right so I can hang with them yeah but then all the other dudes were either in jail or had died or were like Jeez. just like we don't want to be around you know I, and I didn't want to be around them I was like I ain't going through all that crap again sure and so then I just kind of trying to f- meet people and that's why I found that like uh, people were going to some, you know, that Bible college, and I started hearing about like shows. And that's, you know, when I met some of the friends that were there, we started going to shows, and that's where we, mm-hmm. you know, we'd we go to shows at Showcase and down in San Diego and out in Riverside at the bar. Where were you
0: going in San Diego? Right? Um,
1: I think it was Soma, it was a lot of sure. shows we went to there. Um, and so, you know, it was just trying to get,
0: who were you going to see around that time? Was that like other face down bands or just any oh, hardcore? Oh no, yes, yeah, so this is
1: before face. The face down didn't even exist at the time. Okay. I think uh, Jason Dunn's band NIV was just just playing. You know, mm-hmm. they were really starting to pick up steam. Actually, at the time, I think they might they weren't even,
0: even on Victory yet or anything. No, they were
1: like on Rescue records because right. they started on Rescue. Yep, sure. Um, well, I was going to see some really good shows. One of my favorite bands to go see at the time was Overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Stinson and, and his who is now a good friend. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was kind of cool to go s- see like whoa because they were playing you know, like i'd be seeing them play with like eyelid and these other bands and was mm-hmm. just mixed shows yeah and i was like oh this is great i'm really digging this like this is kind of cool and i didn't get to go to a lot of other kind of shows we um, played with them a couple times yeah
0: At revolution and jay baker's thing and yeah um, yeah arizona there and
1: yeah whatever. it was it was cool like and i just jay, jason just seemed like a legit dude so we hit it off for a while mm-hmm. and then he's kind of the one that really like made me think like okay Wow, I can actually find something. To, I need something new, productive, because my whole something life has different. only been not my whole life, but these last so many years have been yeah only focused in this messed up lifestyle. I need some kind of new outlet, mm-hmm. and so music, you know, became that. It yeah, kind of became that outlet, not just for me, but then I felt like. Had hey, you kind man. of given
0: up at skateboarding at that point, or yeah,
1: just- yeah, I, had not, I had stopped. I had stopped skateboarding for a while. Yeah. I still love skateboarding. I'll still watch it anytime it's on TV. Sure. It's like my total guilty pleasure.
0: The uh, stakes are a lot higher when we get to be our age.
1: That's why I don't want to stop. I got a I was, family
0: to provide for. I can't be screwing around. <laughs> well, the thing is, as a designer, if I
1: mess up these hands, I'm yeah. in trouble, right? Sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of got more and more interesting in music. Met the other guys around the, the college there and then uh, mm-hmm. kind of just started doing the band. And then I was told, you know, just kind of like, the band became the focus after that, and I just huh. did that for, I did it for like five, six years, whatever, into the early two thousands, and then, after that, I did some fun other little bands and messed around just to do stuff. But you did like what? Like uh, I had a, a more old school band, more old school hardcore hard band called Count the Cost, mm-hmm. and that was just real fast old stuff that was fun. Um, and then I did a heavier band later on because I met some kids who knew who my band was, who knew who Point of Recognition was, and they wanted to start a band and I was getting the itch to play, so I was like, well, dude, I'll I'll jam a band with you guys and kind of help you guys get started, and then I'll just bow out and you guys carry it because I'm too old for, you know, I I can't tour, I'm going to hold you back if you start doing anything good, so, you know, and then that's the reason I started slowing down with Point of Recognition, you know, having kids, things like Mm -hmm. that, you know, I just started to want to be home, and so, uh, you have two kids, two kids, both daughters, yeah, Yeah. eight and fourteen, good luck. Thank you. I have feel like I have a few more tattoos and weights to lift here because my fourteen year old looks seventeen, and yeah. my, my eight year old is just amazing girl, and she's but she's trouble. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll pretty... pray for you, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and then also, you know, if you need any help at any point, you yep. need to, you know, straighten some people out. Need me just to sit on your couch and look menacingly when people come over or whatever. Yeah, well, that's, and come uh, down.
1: that's one good thing about playing in like hardcore bands and stuff. I have a pretty good Rolodex of dudes. I can call him over and be like, oh, yeah, see that guy right there sharpening his knife with the face tattoo? Right. He really likes, he's kind of like a second dad to my daughter. <laughs> right. You don't want. don't worry about making me mad. Nice. Don't make him mad. <laughs> did you guys tour and stuff like that? Yeah, too we did, we did, we did a fair amount of touring. Um, toured with you know took out a lot of the face down bands on the label and like went with them and yeah. Um, yeah. Did I see on your Wikipedia page
0: that uh, my dude from As I Lay Dying was in your band for mm, a, yeah? Tim and there? Tim
1: and Jordan actually really. But it was right when As I Lay Dying actually started to get. They were starting. They were called a different band it was like Life Once Lost or something like yep. that and then they kind of switched to As I Lay Dying and they were trying to pick up steam um, Tim played guitar yeah. and Jordan played drums Crazy. and then uh, about halfway through they started getting real like As I Lay Dying started taking off and we needed to record what would end up being our last record as point of recognition and so they um, I brought in uh, they. I just said go do you know you guys go do As I Lay Dying and then yeah. uh, my buddy Tim Mason who was the guitar player and, and no innocent victim and yeah. then John Toll who was uh, oh wow Pit Boss 2000 <laughs> and One Life Crew? Oh my God! <laughs> Came in and played bass. That's crazy. I'm, st- I'm still I still talk to John all the time and, and, yeah. and Tim, but uh, and we wrote that last. Uh, I was
0: inter- just trying to keep the prison theme going. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, I noticed that. I noticed. Well, yeah, like you said, my boy <laughs> Tim, <it's> somebody's boy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's
0: hard to wrap my still hard to wrap my head around that.
1: I, my wife, were hanging out with him and his wife up to just months before it happened, dude. Like, it's crazy. It was trippy. Yeah, I remember seeing
0: them with like, uh, like, extol at the showcase and stuff back in the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Extol was fun. Yeah.
0: good times. I yeah. wonder if you, were you at that show when yeah. they play with XTOL? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Look at you and me were just like running parallel lives all yep. over, oh, yeah. all over I'm sure uh, Southern we were California. The, I'm
1: sure we were at a ton of shows because yeah. I I went to tons of the tooth and nail shows that were always yeah. in Southern
0: California. In so. fact, at the showcase at one of the solid state shows, I got my left knee uh, plowed by some guy. Whoa. Uh, that, that wasn't me, I promise. Years later, promise. Uh, like <laughs> hyperextended back and you know, it was yeah. like when you're young you're just like, whatever dude, it's cool, I can barely walk. <laughs> <laughs> years later, I like, Throughout my knee and had to have like a partial meniscotomy and the, oh my and the gosh, doctor was like, crazy. it looks like at one point you might've torn like an ACL or an MCL or something. He's yeah. like, I can see the, you know, old torn tissue. He's like, but you know, at your age and you're not an athlete, like it, it'd probably be not worth fixing at this point. <laughs> oh, okay, like, like, thanks, okay <laughs> cool. Thank you. Showcase theater for the memories.
1: Yeah.
0: Good I have times. some crazy memories of that place. So that's cool. So then, uh, yeah, so then you did these other bands, and then how did you end up getting into the – you were saying you were kind of doing some graphic design yeah, stuff. I was just doing some
1: but, design stuff and started wanting to do that more as a job. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of started pursuing it, trying to get freelance work, got a gig at a place that was letting me uh, – like they sold Apple stuff to government education. Huh. And so they let me do – half of my job was to do design for them, for like their website and stuff, uh-huh. and the other half was to be like a – kind of like a project manager. And Dang. kind of operations guy. And so I did that. Dude, and how did of, you get, how did,
0: that just seems like such a leap. Like how did, did you know somebody or you just.
1: I actually went in to apply just cause I was like, uh, it was right before we were going to do our last show as, mm-hmm. as point of recognition. And, uh, I just knew, okay, I'm Is not trying to what, what's that. What
0: year
1: was that? Uh, 2001 or 2002. Yeah. Okay. And I was just like, I got to, uh, get a job. And so I called this place up and I was like. Oh, yeah yeah so you got this opening for an operations guy i've done that before i've worked in a warehouse i'll come in and I was like, he's like oh yeah check this out he's like here's our website i'm like oh that's cool he's like yeah i was trying to figure out how to do this thing and i was like oh actually if you do this in photoshop
0: oh nice and he's like
1: oh you know how I, do? I was like oh yeah like my what i really want to do is design but you know i, I don't have a full-time gig doing that yet and he's like yeah. well how about we do this and then it worked into that huh and then i just continued stumbling my way into design jobs <laughs> which is kind of how i've done most everything yeah. is stumbling something into something yeah and uh I just kept going and going and then started doing, uh, you know, blogging kind of got good there for a while. And so yeah. I started blogging and then...
0: Like design type blog. Yeah, just stuff, stuff about
1: design, being yeah. a designer, different topics, and then got into... Had um, you
0: done art when you were a kid?
1: I had, I, no I can't draw to save my life. Okay. So computers were very helpful for me. Yeah, yeah.
0: More <laughs> mechanics of yeah, like... Yeah, and well, and having an
1: eye. eye. You know, I I feel like I have a good thing, an eye for what what, what looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe just always technically with a pencil can't execute right. what well, looks good right and so uh just kept designing I asked
0: you that because I saw a throwback picture that you had where you were you said something about where I thought maybe I was a painter or something Oh, I, you so I did I did
1: do painting for a while okay it was like my therapy yeah. like when I you know just after work or different things I would just paint in my garage mm-hmm. but I did it where I would use like overhead projectors and do mixed media and like design oh, okay. some of the the tougher things that I couldn't draw like I designed them on the computer and they would project them okay and then kind of you know stencil and paint them that way and Cool. It was fun. It was a fun outlet yeah. know, for a while. And yeah, so I just kept doing doing the blog and then kind of started, I kind of, I got challenged by a boss who was amazing because one, he was from New Zealand mm-hmm. and two, his name is Phil Collins. What? And yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. He's, and he was, uh, he was awesome. And he challenged me like, you know, make some goals. Like what are your goals in five years? Yeah. And you know, it was probably like, I don't remember exactly when it was, maybe 2007, 2008 or something like that. Um, and I was like. I don't know. I feel like I really want to like be a more active part of the design community. Mm -hmm. I want to get a blog going. I'd like to speak at design conferences and eventually I just like to write a book. I don't know what it would be about, but it'd be about things I've learned as a designer because I don't have the most traditional inroads to design. So I feel like I've learned a lot by making a lot of stupid mistakes. And Mm. he's like, okay. And and then here we are six years later and I (laughs) I speak at design conferences. I just wrote a book
0: and I know I'm the, the whole time you're saying all this I'm like this is baffling. Like you, you didn't really do art as a kid. You didn't really it's no, just man, like you like, kind of just stumbled into it.
1: Yeah, bit. and you know what? That's the one thing I I learned is because I think that I had that chunk of my life where I was such a mess. Uh-huh that I completely lost who I was. Yeah. Uh, and uh didn't know who I was. or Like, I can't even remember saying, like, if someone asked me, like, what did you say you wanted to grow up to be when you were a kid? I, like, I really don't remember. Yeah. I never said I want, I don't think I remember wanting to be a lot of things. And I'd probably have to, like, ask my mom if what I had told her to remember. Yeah. Um And so fireman
0: (laughs) (laughs) you keep busy down there i want to be
1: she's like no no you said you wanted to be like a convicted felon who played music and then got into design like oh okay never mind we worked out just fine
0: (laughs) this is the this is my plan all along
1: yeah Yeah. oh Um, my gosh that's crazy and well that's why like one thing i think is like i've never been amazing i've never i've never really made it a rule for myself that I have to be the best at anything mm-hmm. because there's always someone better. Sure. There will always be a, you know, a Magic Johnson for a Michael Jordan, for a Kobe Bryant, for a LeBron James, for a, you know, Sure, pick your favorite person who's done anything or your favorite band. And then usually someone will come along and do something similar, but better. And so I've just been like, I want to be the best wherever I am. Mm-hmm. Is kind of my Rule I've made for myself, whatever situation I'm in, wherever I'm at, be content and be the best that I can be there. Yeah. And that means, you know, sometimes being the best means owning your crap and making mistakes and then doing it right afterwards and then learning, Okay, this is how I do that better.
0: I think there's something to be said for just doing work, man too you know like you can just keep doing stuff and be productive and keep doing it even eventually you're gonna it's kind of that whole like Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing it's like if you put in the time like eventually you're just just gonna gonna get, get better right
1: yeah and I think that's happened and what's interesting about design is that you the more you do design and now you know I open Photoshop primarily to like put pictures of like goats on like my boss's head. You know what I mean? Like I, I, the design I do now is more much, much larger, holistic. Like what, what is the experience of this application going to be when someone or the software when someone uses it? And I right. you know I manage a team now. So I've got my deliverable has changed. It's no more I'm not shipping off comps as much right. as to where I'm shipping the way a team designs. So I'm like mm-hmm. designing how they design. And um, the one comps fav-
0: being like mock ups of design. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, you know, well, I mock, get
0: it. I'm just trying to translate for those people that we all lost. Mockups of a or application <laughs> that individuals will approve or not I, approve. I speak comps, but I don't know that everybody does. <laughs> you speak nerd. Yeah, awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, but the most interesting thing about my work is that it's very people-centered, from the people I work with to the people that we design for. Mm-hmm. and. uh Design is interesting that it allows you to design for a lot of different types of people and do everything from just make software that helps them do their job easier. Right. Anyone who's used software and got frustrated knows what that's like when you want to just smash your head against the desk, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But in that time that I had a lot of those rough years, you know, obviously as as a result of my own stupidity, like I really lost any love for people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a very, I was like a cold dude. Like I didn't, nothing bothered me, you know. Um, and it really, ever since that I've kind of always reminded myself, enjoy the people you're around, always do things for people because one, I mean, there's, there's a small part of me. that's like, I got to make up for that dumb crap I did, which I don't know that I really have to, mm-hmm. because I've owned it and moved past it for quite a while now. Sure. But also like, I don't want to lose the value of who people are. Cause when mm-hmm. you lose everything and, and every person in your life, for the most part, you really understand like crap. This sucks. Yeah. Right. And you don't want to miss out on any of that stuff again. And so um, that's what's kinda of cool about stumbling my way through design is I've I've met so many cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, I met my boss now at my job through a design conference and like, you know, meeting each other like Twitter and blogs and kind yeah. of knowing who each other was through the through the internet. It tends
0: to be a very tight community too, where people, yeah. people are help very each other. Connected, right? yeah. yeah.
1: And you know, which ended up leading, you know, to to my working at Nasdaq, one of my best friends who um who I've known for a long time while I was in the band, who you know used to go to the shows with you and everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, he had a different path and he got into design. Now he works on our team. Such wow. a weird, you know, that's way. of All the stuff comes Does together. Does he work
0: on your team here in your he, same office? Yeah,
1: yeah. He works in our New York office. Oh, that's crazy. He's one of my best. What, friends. What did like, he
0: do in the? He was in your band, you said? No, he would just oh, hang just out with us. With, he was from one of my buddies, and,
1: and, yeah. and I've I've always just stayed close friends with him. I think we've been friends like seventeen years. Wow, and he's, it's funny because he's on. You know, he's on my team now, and that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty uh it's pretty wild how the stuff weaves together.
0: That's deep, man. I'm in, I'm way into that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> it, it, every once in a while I sit down I'm like,
1: "Holy crap."
0: I was just thinking when you said that thing about people like uh I was just thinking that's not that hard though to get. <laughs> <laughs> like that's probably my biggest struggle in like keeping my faith is like I don't know. Like uh people can be pretty disappointing.
1: Yeah. I think in my situation too though was like I purposely took advantage of and hurt people. Like it's pretty easy to get cold and be like, yeah, eh, that dude's a jerk off. I don't want to talk to him again. Yeah. Or like, oh, that person doesn't work anymore. Darn. Didn't really like him anyways. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> they were annoying. <laughs> now this book that you like co-authored, mm-hmm. like the
0: kind of premise of that, correct me if I'm wrong, is sort of like how to uh, present work and how to take criticism yeah. on work and graphic design Critique in the, and the, the, in the, what you're saying is the proper way or whatever to talk about that yeah
1: and you know what's interesting about it is both of us you know writing the book obviously designers um you know the context of critique is always like art art school design you know Mm -hmm. you design something for someone they give you feedback on it kind of a thing yeah um but the more we we really dug into it we kind of started got to like this kind of hippie-ish side of it where i was like actually this is kind of like a life skill because pretty much everything you do in your life you're going to get feedback on from yep. people and realizing that communicating about those things is a part of every relationship you're going to have. Now, obviously for us, we kept the book very design centered. Mm-hmm. Um, cause one, we didn't want to sound like weird hippies and have it not sell. Right. Uh, but we also wanted to, you know, really focus on helping designers because mm-hmm. that's, that's where we were. And that's really what it, it is. It's learning how to talk about with your teams, the things that you're building. Very relative to even what you do here because of the, you know, you're building something. Any yeah. group of people making something together, whether it's music, buildings, designs, iPhone apps, name it, whatever it is. Have to talk about what 's being done? Is it trying to accomplish what they set out to? Mm-hmm. how do you and, and so how how what is the right way to frame those conversations to allow people to to reach those goals for themselves mm-hmm. and for the things they 're making and and for the people who will use those things you yeah know? and so that's kind of
0: I wish I'd had this book to give out to designers. I knew like twenty years ago I was just thinking that whole time uh, i've worked with a lot of artists and a lot mm-hmm. of graphic designers yeah. over the years with album artwork and t shirt artwork and all these different kinds of things. And there was always there was always two kind of guys that I would or gals that I would encounter. Uh, the real kind of workhorse guy mm-hmm. that didn't uh kind of like argue with you a lot about stuff and would mm-hmm. just kind of do whatever you said. Okay, that sounds cool. Yep. And then the guy that would just like trench in as if the, whatever painting or art thing they had done for this album or whatever it is, was like, I'm going to die on this field. <laughs> this, it's like yeah. artwork. Yep. And it's like, I don't think you understand that some of this is utilitarian and that we're yeah. trying to, you know, <laughs> market it to like, it's a work for hire where we're trying yeah. to like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like a thing. There's always that two, those two t- types of personalities I think a lot of people would benefit from yeah. kind of getting that perspective of always understanding the person that you're making this thing for. There's a difference between like personal art, like I'm going to make a painting, yeah. and I'm going to do whatever I want, yep. and this is my personal expression, and then something that's made on a commercial basis for whatever yeah. it is, whether it's a product or – I mean technically it's a job
1: right (laughs) (laughs) and i
0: I think people that can kind of mature and adapt that kind of perspective about what they're doing to be able to be um i read a thing you said about like it's not that you have to put yourself outside of the thing that Mm -hmm. you're doing yeah
1: you got to sit outside of it because if not uh you're going to be attached to this thing right and so you're going to get defensive you're going to get offended all these things which sometimes rightly so right Mm -hmm. if someone's saying something wrong or rude or, or off-putting or whatever. But if you really want to make yourself or this thing the best it can be, mm-hmm. then you got to be able to be objective in taking that that feedback and that criticism that's coming your way. And so if you can remove yourself from it and look at it as that feedback and that criticism as the thing that's going to help you get where you need to go, yeah. it becomes a little bit easier. It's still hard. No one wants to receive feedback on anything. Nope. You pour yourself into something and then it's time to have feedback on it and it's like okay <laughs> let me sit down and have all these people analyze everything i just did to, yeah. you know and i think i gave my best shot but i they're spent gonna start... like
0: three hours on the kerning on that thing what do you mean move it over five pixels <laughs> yeah, that's
1: exactly it. like the, like the, like napole i always relate to napoleon dynamite was like gives that girl that picture and he's like i spent three hours on your upper lip <laughs> like, oh man like yeah you know you get tied to stuff you get into sure.
0: it, sure you get attached because yeah. time is the only thing you have man and when <laughs> you've invested a lot of time in something to have somebody uh, take and just swipe that off to the side can be yeah. brutal yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so how, how have you been adjusting to uh, switching coasts
1: I love it yeah I, w- I think that the move came at the right time yeah uh, California's great. A lot of people ask me why I love California. It's always so sunny. I'm like yeah, uh-huh. it's it's cosmetic, man. It's right. like uh, there's some a lot of great stuff about California. and There's some amazing people there. I still have a lot of family there and I love them and I miss them. A lot of some of my close friends are there. I obviously miss them, but yeah. you know, it's California. It's fall when it's not 100 degrees anymore. I can't remember
0: the guy's name. I think it. I think his name's Aaron. He's the guy that created Field Notes. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I'm talking about that designer. Trappling. He's Portland, Yeah. And uh, he was interviewed on Mark Maron's podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about his short uh, tenure in Southern California, and he was like, you know, I was just trying to go to Hollywood to see, like, the Flaming Lips, man. It took me, like, four hours. Yep. I was like, I'm sick of this shit. Like, I'm getting <laughs> out of here. <laughs> like, uh, exactly, dude. It's sort of like the cost of living there kind of seems to, like, exceed the, uh, you know, yeah. I spent 18 years in southern california so i know what it's like but
1: yeah and I, I like it over here i like our town i like um i know it's a new vibe i'm sure when winter gets here i'll be a little bit maybe my tune will change a little Yeah. but uh you know it's it's cool I mean, this is i you know and i've come over here a lot so yeah. i kind of knew yeah you know whether it was band stuff or traveling for design conferences or traveling for work or whatever mm-hmm. it was i've spent enough time here that i knew that okay i could live over here i could yeah. like it in this area um and i had i really had no idea we were going to come to atlantic highlands new jersey uh but when we checked it out i was like yeah this is great yeah. I, i'm right by the water i love the water um i can walk over here to this you know first avenue and there's cool pubs and restaurants there to go chill and hang out with the wife and the kids cool it's walking distance we have this house that looks to me still looks like a haunted house. And that's cool. Um, it's got like a turret. I can, I can
0: commute to the city without getting in a car.
1: Yeah. I, I ride a boat. I boat to work. I, my biggest thing is I was like, I don't want to sound like, like a, some kind of noob, but like, what is it? You, what do you do when you're on a boat? I don't want to tell people I sail to work, you know? So I was like, I was like, I sit on this boat and go across the water and then yeah. I get off the boat and then I come back and, you know. Have a beer with my boss. Do you whatever. take
0: the slow boat or the fast boat?
1: Uh, the sea streak. It's,
0: yeah, yeah, it's fast. that's the fast one. It jams.
1: Yeah. It takes me forty five minutes or forty minutes from the dock right there in Atlantic, from the, the yep. harbor, the dock, the bay. Sure. All nautical terms, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, to go across, you know, over past down to the East River and drop yeah. us off at uh, Pier Eleven down or the sure whatever it is Wall Lower Street. Manhattan down there. Yeah, Lower Manhattan. and I just have like a five ten minute walk to the office. Nice. And I'm like, and I, I live literally five minutes from the the boat. Yeah, so it's like.
0: Well, it's beautiful coming across the bay down there. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you can't really beat that. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's trippy man it's... I'm
0: super into like New York history I watched like the whole like PBS series on New York if you've never watched that yeah. I highly recommend it where That's they're talking rad. about where they did all the different building of all the different stuff and I also read the uh, the book about Vanderbilt uh-huh. um, and how he, like in the old days he was like on Staten Island and he'd fill his boat up with like produce and all this stuff and then boat across that same body wow. of water yeah. you're commuting on to lower Manhattan where they had the different markets and stuff yeah. to sell the produce from their farm out on what it's just so weird to think like yeah. it's so old and there's so much stuff that's happened there yeah. it's like crazy
1: yeah it's pretty crazy yeah man. they have something like that i haven't seen it yet but from what i understand in that uh in the new world trade center building that's complete now when you take you can go all go all the way up to this like yep the logout, observation yeah which thing. i won't go to because yeah, it's that way too high in the sky crazy. for me yeah um when you're going up in the elevator you see this visual history of new york as you go yeah and it's it's pretty from what i hear it's pretty amazing that's cool i don't know if I'll go in cause i was going because i i i'm still i like it but i'm still adjusting to being on the 51st floor yeah. of a building and having you know looking out a window <laughs> and being like wow that's,
0: did you guys feel something move i felt something move yeah
1: it's like oh yeah it's just windy and i'm like yeah, but should we be moving in the wind? That's crazy.
0: It is very disconcerting. Yeah. I don't enjoy that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not, where we're at, it's not too bad. It's not It's not as bad, uh, but yeah, I can't imagine working on like the 100th floor. Like the building I work in has 53 floors. That World Trade building's got 100 something floors. Like
0: That's crazy. We're
1: halfway up. You know, and it's like, what?
0: I think it's amazing uh, sometimes just to think about like how far people can come in their lives. Like could you ever imagine when your mom was sending you books uh, in your County prison cell that one day I'm going to be working on the 50th floor of like some high rise in Manhattan at NASDAQ.
1: (laughs) You know what, man? That's incredible to me, man. It is. I was scared to death. I didn't know what I was going to do. I originally was going to go to college for psychology, but obviously got way into drugs and messing myself up Mm -hmm. that I never did. And, uh, interestingly enough, now part of my job is to study how people use things and react to them. Wow. But, uh, (laughs) a different kind of psychology. yeah, Yeah. But it's, uh, I was scared to death. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you know, I had no skill. My my skill was selling drugs. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And I was like, I nobody's gonna have me skateboard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm skateboarding. So, you, you had have-?
0: a product. You <laughs> yeah. were like c- considering how people were using it. There was no a- social media to market <laughs> it back then. <laughs> Oh, yeah man. so it
1: was a little nuts yeah it was uh and it's amazing it's that's kind of the cool stuff man just keep everything in perspective like yeah one of the most important things i've I've learned is just to keep an even keel yeah some stuff's gonna go real bad sometimes Some stuff's gonna go awesome mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying you gotta walk around doing flipping cartwheels while things are going bad but keep that stuff in perspective and when things are going great you know stop for a minute and realize that they are going great and and if people call you like a positive hippie or whatever who cares like man enjoy that stuff because i know it can be a ton worse you know that's right absolutely well i'm so glad it finally worked out man Man, i know we had a few failed
0: aborted attempts at at getting together but um i've i gotta be honest i'm really moved by your story today man it was really inspiring i hope other people find it inspiring too yeah thanks man i don't want i don't want to be too presumptuous but i feel like we should be friends we should be friends
1: I think we should be friends. (laughs) I like this
0: plan. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Appreciate you coming on today. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Aaron Irizarry. Everybody, I always love to hear a story of second chance turnarounds. Aaron's birthday was yesterday, so wish him a happy belated if you can. Hopefully we'll get a chance to hang out again soon. Thanks, Aaron. The music clips on today's show included Refuge and Strength from the album Refresh Renew and Insult to Injury from Day of Defeat, both on Facedown Records by Point of Recognition. As always, the Urban Achiever theme song was written and performed by Ethan Luck and Dan Spencer. You can follow Urban Achiever on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Urban Achiever PC. And you can email me anytime at Billy at UrbanAchieverShow.com. I always love to hear from you. This program is 100% listener supported. If you listen to the show, you enjoy the show, you want to give something back, Just go to patreon.com slash urbanachiever, give a buck a month or whatever you want. Uh, You can also purchase show merch at urbanachiever.gobigwin.com. We got some shirts and coffee mugs. Uh, If you're short on cash and who isn't these days, you can always share the show with friends, subscribe, give a rating or review on iTunes. I appreciate it all. Also, in case you did not catch it last week, I recently released my tour journal, Bottle Breaker. You can go to bottlebreakerbook.com and download that for free. All right, Achievers, that's it for me this week. Until next time, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. Here we are.